Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Traveling Black Woman Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest who is committed to connecting the diaspora to their roots. Now, her particular company is really, really cool to me and really dear to my heart because we're everywhere. And her travel company lets us know that we're everywhere. So I'm going to give her the floor, let her introduce herself, and we're going to jump into some conversation today about why it's so important for us to find different Black communities around the world and connect with them. So Christina, the floor is yours. Hi, Nadine. Thank you very much uh, to welcome us on the podcast so my name is Christina Beloge. I'm French and British. I'm originally French Caribbean, born in Paris. Um, I've multilingual, see <laughs> expert, and well-traveled. Um, I set up Melanin three years ago during the pandemic, during uh, Black Lives Matter, because there was a Black Renaissance movement in UK, and we came to the realization that we needed to create a business that support the community. Also, because my background is in marketing, digital marketing, I wanted to tap into my passion and give back what I've received by uh, traveling mostly in Black Nation myself those last eight years. Um, My personal quest was to look for what we had in the different culture across the diaspora and uh, visit Black Nation, now we, what we have in common, let's say more than food and music, uh, what connects us, and also what do we have in common in our history. Um, because being Caribbean, we are a mixture of African, European, indigenous. So it's to trace back mm. our roots. But then it also yeah. helped to, how do you say, fuel our curiosity because... Um, is to change from just visiting your parents' island or your parents' country. Yeah. So that's why I started right. by Cuba. <laughs> and uh, I was well received because I'm Caribbean too. They were curious. They asked so many questions because they're curious to see how things happen in other Caribbean islands. I explained I lived in Europe. Yeah. So wherever I go, they used to give me more room, more food. And yeah, it's just, they embrace you so naturally. It's so good. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So what's some of the best things that you, you that you found from going through these experiences and connecting with cultures that, you know, we're not connecting with as often? What are some things that you've experienced? Um, for example, in, I'm thinking, in Cap Verde, um, when we visited one specific island, Santantau, which is like Sant Antonio, uh, mm-hmm. at some stage we visit a farm. And because my parents, especially my dad, they come from farming background, I've recognized like uh, the rum making factories. They were so similar. And uh, I was like, they have very similar uh, cultural trait, like, you know, matriarchal society because woman and grandmother, mm-hmm. let's say, have the lead in raising you because of, let's say, post-slavery syndrome, etc. Um, the society makeup was working exactly the same. And um, when you go to Africa, there's lots of places where it looks like the Caribbean because it's exactly the same trees and vegetation, for example. Because once mm. I talked with an Afro-American who told me Zanzibar palm tree, apparently all the, most palm tree 
in the Caribbean I were imported from Zanzibar and I was like really I wow. looked it up on Google and yeah this is a legend but apparently it's true that will explain why I had such a deep connection in this place because they didn't only import let's say uh, enslaved but they also import vegetation that's why we have those type of trees everywhere I was like, wow, that's so deep, you know. So we are connected in more ways than we think, not just uh, our genetical makeup, but also vegetation, some cultural trait, some, um, how do you say, uh, vocabulary that we kept. Yeah. There's so much. The heritage is very um, profound. It is because I didn't even know that. I I had I never known that. And I just came back from Mozambique earlier um early October. And I mean it was just so beautiful and but the mm-hmm. connection was strong in terms of like meeting people that just look like you and they were so excited to see us there cuz we weren't obviously mm-hmm. the regular tourists. We were black tourists. So, you know, we wanted to know more about their food mm-hmm. and culture mm-hmm. and talk to them and by the time we left they made us coconut oil and peri peri sauce. And it was great. Yes. Yes. It is great because me I know First time I went to to Zanzibar, for example, and we visited the farm, I felt like the color of the soil was the same as my mother, my grandmother's farm. It was red, deep, and I felt like it's like my soul was like, you've been here before. It was very weird. <laughs> I was like, wow. Uh, and then I found out other facts, like uh, this island inspired Jules Verne, which is a French explorer, famous writer, who wrote um, about 80 days uh, world trip in a hot air balloon. And his first novel actually took place from Zanzibar because his idea was to um, do first a hot air balloon trip from Zanzibar to Tanzania, to Kenya. So to do an African hotel balloon adventure, which was then, I think, 100 years after, materialized by some um, British explorer and adventurer. So I was like, that's why I love so much to travel. And I'm like, uh, because when I was a kid, I used to, um, my mom used to buy me the merchandise from this, because there was a cartoon about it. And I used to have the duvet and sleep with it, you know. So in my dreams, I would be on this hotel balloon. <laughs> and funny enough, uh, last year I did hotel balloon for the first time in Egypt. And uh, I was like, this is really a dream come true, you know. So it's like travel gave you this chance of uh, not only coming out of your, uh, say, comfort zone, because you're going to push for things you never thought you could do uh, if you are a bit adventurous. And, uh, yeah, you you go past it. You go past the fear. I don't have fear of flights, but I know sometimes I have fear of heights, you know? So, uh, yeah. funny enough, <laughs> when I was in this hotel balloon with 15 other people, I didn't have mm-hmm. it because the scenery is so beautiful. You wake up at 3 a.m., and it's a it's a good adventure because by the time you arrive on the site, it's like 4.30, mm-hmm. it's still dark, dark. And then suddenly you see the sunset or the sunrise colors coming up little by little. And they train you as well. You know, there's safety and stuff. They train you 
uh, okay, this is how to react when we're gonna land, you know, you have to brace yourself. This is that. But you're like, you just don't realize. It's just you see them set them up and then you're inside and then you're so high and then you're like, wow, the sun is coming through, the, the, the sky is pink, then it goes yellow, orange. Oh, it's wow. so beautiful. And it's also because it's an experience that you, I think in Egypt, in Luxor, you see the different type of landscape because you see some part of desert. Mm-hmm. You are flying over the Valley of the King, the Valley of the Queen, and you see some part which is farming with a, a bit tropical with uh, palm trees and all the gardens they have. So the contrast is so beautiful. And also you see so many other hotel balloons. I think that's what makes it different is because yeah, so many of you in the sky at the same time that you're like, this is happening. Wow. <laughs> Pitch me. Wow. Pitch me. I didn't believe I could do that. Uh, because I remember my guy last minute told me, do you want to do that? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got the time <laughs> wrong. So the story was the guy in the hotel started to knock my door at 3 a.m. And I arrive at midnight, I think, because I transfer from um, Cairo by plane. It's only one hour. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to sleep until 8. I don't know why in my head. And this guy is banging on my door. Hotel Balloon with this big, thick accent. Hotel Balloon. And I feel like it's a nightmare. You know, I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> sleeping, you know? And he insists for 15 minutes. Ah! And then I'm half asleep. My eyes are like closed. I open the door. I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> and he said, you need to hurry, hurry, hurry. Because people who saw the picture, especially my cousin, they were like, why is your hair so messy? I said, because I just had the time to take a shower. <laughs> I just had the time to make myself pretty. You know, I was like a zombie. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and they all asked me, is it on purpose? Is it on purpose? I said, no, they wake me up. I, I, and I only slept three hours. Oh. That's the reality. So <laughs> I looked like nothing, but I didn't care. The, the thrill of the experience was what you care about. Yes. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's hilarious, but it is a thrill, right? It's just like, okay, I've, I've got, I can't miss this. So, yes, <laughs> whatever my hair looks like, I'm just gonna have to jump exactly. in and see. Exactly, I can't miss this. <laughs> exactly, I just need to jump in. I put my coat out the shower quickly. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I'm glad they were persistent. I'm glad they didn't just say, "Well, she's not awake. Let's just go." Like, yes, they, me they... too. Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause you would have been sad if you missed that. I'm sure. <laughs> wow, that exactly. sounds absolutely exactly. amazing. It was totally worth it. Oh my goodness! Now, what's something that you think that everyone should see at least one time? Every black person, right? Everyone in the black diaspora, no matter where they are—the Caribbean, mm-hmm. the United States—what is one thing that you say? They should see. It's difficult because it's always like when people say, which is your favorite destination? I'm like, there's so many I, I know for different reasons. <laughs> um, okay, well, maybe like the top three. Yeah, top three. It's easier. Okay. So, hmm. Okay, top three. So definitely go to Egypt, not just for the pyramids, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, do the hotel balloon experience once okay. in your life because I was, you know, normally I have fear mm-hmm. of heights, and I didn't have it during this flight. So <laughs> this is very special. Uh, 
I think that's amazing. And that's that says a lot about our fears and what they're really tied to. Because when mm-hmm. you had the opportunity to see something that was beautiful and life-changing and amazing, mm-hmm. that fear went out the window. And that's pretty dope. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, in terms of history, I would say second Ghana because, uh, okay, Elmina and Cape Coast Castle because um, I went as a group tour and we were 120 people. So that's the biggest group tour I've done in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they kind of close you in, we were in Cape Coast Castle, mm-hmm. you feel what your ancestor went through because they stay there for three mm-hmm. months in the dark, blah, 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 waiting for the boat. But they literally switch off the light and leave us like that for 10 minutes. And you feel the atmosphere mm-hmm. is heavy. And you it really transports you in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't feel that in uh, Senegal when I went to Gori Island, because Gori okay. Island is kind of, okay, still French, very romanticized, very colorful. It's very hearty, mm-hmm. while Cape Coast and uh, Elmina Castle are very um, rough because they are not repented. You know, everything st- has been staying the way it used to ah. be. They haven't been really refurbished. So it's raw. It's really raw. And the fact that they plunge you in the dark for 10 minutes and leave you like that, you start to feel, I don't want to say some ghost in the air, but you feel a very tense energy. Mm. And uh, you start to realize this is what they went through for three months. And uh, it's like your spirit just travel in time yeah. too. Um, I was the most, I think, one of the most connecting thing as a black person I've experienced. Mm. And... Um, the other thing I love, I guess, uh, I'm hesitating between Cuba and Zanzibar because I love island. Because I'm a Car- I'm Caribbean, so any island I travel to, I just connect instantly. Yeah, same here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel home because I'm with my people. You know, people are curious as well. I would say going to Tanzania or Zanzibar is because mm-hmm. it's the only African country where people automatically assume you are like them. Like, the inst- if you're black, they instantly think that you are Tanzanian, and ah. they embrace you, in good and bad. So, I never felt like that any other place I go. People assume that you are them, and you know that. it goes up to the airport when you want to leave. They don't want to. They think that you're Tanzanian trying to leave. It's crazy. <laughs> and uh, they're like, where are you going? And I'm like, uh, I'm going home, you know. And they really don't believe you are a foreigner. This is so funny. It happens to me three oh, wow. times. So it's up to arriving there until you leave. And every time I have to show my passport, even if you show my passport, I have double nationality, which is an unknown concept for them. So mm-hmm. they're like, oh, come, you were born in Paris, but your passport is British. I said, because I have two nationalities. <laughs> so I have to justify that, that, and they don't believe. So then I have to show my French ID and say, and they question me 15 minutes. And I'm like, no, I'm really, guys, there are other black people in the world who doesn't come from where you are from. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
that is yes. so interesting. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, wow. It's the only country where I had that. But I'm not the only one. Every other either travel influencer I spoke or friend told me the same. They told me, yeah, it's the only country where they by default assume that you are there. Yeah. You are like them. So they don't see you as a foreigner. They really embrace you instantly. I love so, that. It's good and bad, as I said, because it's bad when you are at the airport and you want to go back and they retain you. <laughs> and you're like, I have a flight to catch. You know? <laughs> Let me go. You know? I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, but then it's, it's, yeah, wait a minute. Hello. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let me go. Let me go. That's amazing, though. It almost feels like, you know, hey, your family, you're not supposed to leave the house. Where are you going? <laughs> yes. Yes, that's the, yes. That was the only country where I had this. And for instance, uh, in Cuba, also I didn't pay. I think this is twenty five dollar visa when you leave because they thought I was a family as well. So he looked at my passport, even if it was a French passport, because he saw I'm Caribbean. He didn't make me pay the visa. Mm. It was cool. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> you know, yeah, more money in my pocket. But it's it's so <laughs> funny. It's so funny uh, those little things because. Nobody tell you that. You know, sometimes you read the blogs and you expect some stuff. Uh, there's lots of fear mongering sometimes right. on blogs. It's the reality because, um, for example, when I went to Mexico, I went to Cancun area, Playa del Carmen. So I researched because people were saying, yeah, be careful. You're going to be scammed if you take a taxi, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I speak Spanish and I can pass more or less. I don't want to say a local, but an Aboriginal, I guess. So... Um, I straight away, uh, I didn't take the taxi. I took the ADO bus and nothing happened. But then I saw in the city, some people got scammed for excursion because they were white American. Um, and me, you know, I went in the street to buy all my stuff, but I speak Spanish fluently. So uh, I make sure the company was legit and, uh, you know, I had their phone number, blah, blah, blah. And then I met also an Argentinian girl we hook up. So sometimes it's like, don't believe everything which is right. written on internet because, or what people tell you, uh, because I remember, because I used to travel a lot, a lot, I had always, people get jealous. So I stopped to post, for example, you mm -hmm. know, my personal IG or Facebook for a few <laughs> years because I had everyone on my back. Why Why are you so wasting your time traveling? Why don't you, why aren't you married with three kids? Da, 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 da. They oh, all wow. attack you. They all yeah. attack you. And you were like, uh, because it's not my destiny, uh, because, <laughs> because it's not my time yet, because, you know, God, and you start to justify why you are mm. who you are and it's become exhausting. Yeah. So then... When I set up Melanin, I decided, you know what, I'm going to surround myself with lots of travel like-minded people because we are, I would say, some of the most open-minded people on earth um, because we are not judgmental. Yes. To love to travel and to even become a professional in it, you need to be non-judgmental because you basically become an explorer. You're no longer a traveler. And um, you're open to new experiences mm -hmm. and you're open to go past what society expects from you, especially as a black female solo. 
you That's because right. sometimes I realize, you know, there's been scandal on safety and everything. And I'm like, I've been blessed to travel for nearly 15 years and I didn't, I never really fear for my life or anything. I didn't have, you know, door block or door lock or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't want to say I was carefree, but uh, the only instances I had was uh, more being careful. If you try not to arrive at night, for example, because sometimes you have funky taxi. For, like I remember in Sevilla, this guy was starting to ask weird question. So you have to pretend. Some people I know they wear fake wedding ring. Uh, or you have to say, no, I'm not alone. My boyfriend, I'm joining my boyfriend. Right. Um, even when I was in Egypt, there was this white American guy. At 3 a.m. he spot my nails. This is very weird. I'm like, how come you, this guy see my nails in the oh, dark? Wow. Interesting. <laughs> He's like, oh, I love your nails. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, mm, man, you're eating on me at 3 a.m. <laughs> This is very weird. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, do, are you traveling alone? And I'm like, wait a minute. He's eating on me at 3 a.m. Is he desperate? You know? <laughs> so I, I start to say, no, actually, I'm not alone. I have a few friends. My boyfriend is joining us on site, you know? So this became the default answer. When you come across those people which acted a bit uh, too noisy or, um, can I say, predatorous, um, I think the only big thing I had was in Mexico with uh, the massage guy. I always say this story, which end up laughing at the end, but on the... He basically sexually harassed me. He was massaged me, and then he tried to kiss me. And I was, the hell is this? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Wait a minute. I feel, because in Mexico, yeah, in Mexico, they put a towel on your eyes. You know, it's part of the sensual experience. It's the only place where they put a towel, they blindfold you, basically. And I was like, I feel that this guy is touching me, okay, normally. But then suddenly, I feel a breath over my nose. Oh, and I'm like, no. what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> and I had to push him. I had to push him. And I remember for 14 days, because I was staying in this hotel, every night he was like, wanted to go out with me. And this guy was incredibly hot plus. This was, you know, yeah. it was crazy. <laughs> like he oh looked my like Jeshiti, the Indian guru with like, uh, you say, green eyes, super bulky, muscular, you know, like a hot boy. And okay. I was like, no, because I had the boyfriend, I just started. And I was like, if you really insist, I'm going to denounce you to your boss, you know, so I don't want you to lose your job. So just, you know, stay put, you know, uh, because <laughs> he was insisting too much. And oh plus, my he had the cheek to ask me for... Um, a tip, yes. And I had to tell him to see myself somewhere, you know. <laughs> I didn't want to to be rude, but uh, I had to be rude. And I say, which tip? <laughs> Are you mad? You know, <laughs> he tried to kiss me against my right. will during oh my your workshop. And you want a tip on top? What the hell? Some people's got no limit. So also, as a female solo traveler, remember your boundaries because people tend to think... Oh, my goodness. Yeah, tend to think that you have none, you know, you're a foreigner, you come from sex tourism, da, 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 da. especially when they see a solo female, they always assume all kinds of stuff in their head. So um, it's good to put the boundaries and showcase that you didn't right. come for that. 
you're not interested. And if they really insist, you know, you threaten them to call the police or uh, denounce them to their boss. You know, you have to be firm um, because after all, this is your safety. Uh, and if you don't feel comfortable, you have to voice it. Yeah. Even if I didn't, I was still blindfolded. I pushed my hands in the air, which pushed him out. And then I removed the blindfold and then I saw he was there. And I was like, what the fuck? He was trying again. Ah, ah, some people. Yes. After that, I decided I would never get a massage by a man because it was my first time being massaged by a man plus. So... (laughs) Create a stigma, Uh, right? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, that is really something else. Oh, sorry that happened. That's this. That's a lot. It's okay. Nothing. That's a lot, but you know, I after that, I love about it. So now, what are your next upcoming trips that we can um, find out about? Okay, so we work a bit differently. Uh, when I first started up, we were organizing Ghana and Brazil. But with the pandemic, everything was kind of crazy. Everything was closed. So since 18 months, we only tailor people trip. So that's why we no longer organize group trip. But we tailor our, our clients trip. Um so, what do you say? Like, the last one we've been organizing was exciting. Now, we organized a birthday for two twins in Kenya. So, they did some uh, safari, uh, wildlife feeding. But the most exciting and challenging thing I've done this year was um, accepting to help uh, travel fashionista club. And plus, they were Afro-American. They were millionaires. So, they didn't tell me first, you know. And then I was like, wow, so we've done some cool stuff because um, they have the same vision. They wanted to um, patronize Black-owned business. So I made them do a London um, Black History tour. Uh, They did a luxury fashion day, which I attended. Also organized like semi-private dinner experience in Paris for them. Um, we went to Tina the musical together. <laughs> you know, it was a crazy week, uh, but I was like, "That's good because you, because normally I help people to travel abroad, and I was like, people don't come to where right. I live. <laughs> uh, so that was different. That was totally different because um, I helped them make the most of London in a different way. Uh, and patronizing black-owned businesses. Okay. Uh, the same I help a Pan-African, French Guadeloupean like me, teacher, um, to do a U.S. tour during summer, but on Black Heritage Notes. So I help her go to New York, D.C., and um, Miami. And in Brooklyn, for example, she bumped into Spike Lee block party. So that was oh, super nice. cool <laughs> Um I always say there's some funny experience for my um, clients, like the one who's been interviewed in Brazil because uh, she's Swiss, but she was born, her parents are from Benin. And I was saying to the guy, bring her to the Black History Museum in Rio. And by chance, um, the whole museum jumped on her because she's from originally Benin, and that's where the story of uh, Woman King is happening because the week before, Viola Viola Davis came to inaugurate the exhibition in that same museum with her husband. And then uh, she was interviewed by Brazilian TV as well. And she had to run away like Rihanna to go to a dancing class 
because the whole museum was so amazed to see a real woman from Benin in Brazil that they all wanted to ask a question. What do you think about the movie? Is it true? <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? This is, it must have been, you know, uh, a superb experience for someone's first trip to Brazil. She ended up on Brazilian TV the same day oh, wow. for two minutes. <laughs> you know, uh, yes, uh, and and the same. Uh, my client I helped to go to Jamaica. The first night she arrived in Kingston, she bumped into Biniman. So, <laughs> oh wow! You yeah, yeah, have like, a lot of good luck with you happening in those trips. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they have. A lot, yes, the good luck goes with them too. So I don't know. I was like, wow, those adventures are super cool, because it's like they end up being in the right place in the right moment. And mm-hmm. then she took picture and he sing for her and stuff. And I was like, wow, okay, you you were super lucky, man. Your first night in town. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so if someone wanted to plan a trip with you or wanted you to help them plan a trip what should they do how can they get in, get in contact with you okay cool so you can get in touch uh by emailing melanin travels with a s uh, magic at gmail.com you can go on our instagram and click the link on the bio and book directly um a Calendly, as you say, a Zoom discovery call, or you can go on your, our website, you will see different uh, city buttons for our um, Zoom call as well, as well. So yeah, you have free point of contact. And from there, after the call, we discuss your requirements. Um, then uh, we send you an invoice and then we proceed to the trip planning and prepare you either a PDF planner if you're solo or small group, Mm -hmm. or uh, we do more of a project if it's a group trip. Usually for group trip, it's best to contact us six months ahead minimum. And for solo small group, I would say minimum two months before. Some people, they they are good. They contact you six months ahead. So yeah. Okay, so you're the plug. Mm. You're you're the one that people need to reach out yes, to. Yes, yes. No matter yeah. where they are in the world, to figure out how to find the other black people in the world. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah we're all over the place. Actually, I thought about you because our next clients for Ghana are a group of um, black leaders in education. So that's why I thought about you from Boston, and I said, okay, it's funny. My corporate clients are all in education, so it's good for me also because. It's more meaningful, actually, to serve uh, people in education because they explain to me the challenges they go through, the burnout, etc. So for them, it's rejuvenation. Yes, (laughs) rejuvenation retreat. Yes, (laughs) sounds good. I actually might be hitting you up with the same questions because I would love to see a group of teachers or a group of students, like Me really too. be able to embrace some of the things that you've talked about, you know, just and like even the conversation of seeing people, other black people for Tanzanians that are like, wait a minute, you're not from here? Really? You know, I think we all need to have that experience to see that we're everywhere, you know, that we, we are literally mm. spread out. We're all over the place. <laughs> I'll figure it out for you. Yes. Right, right. Well, Christina, I really enjoyed our conversation today. I've had a great time just learning (laughs) so much about how we are really connected. And it takes someone like you with an organization like yours to really show us how we're connected. Because I think 
think we know. I think in our heart of hearts, we all know that we're connected. But it's really hard to see when no one is really connecting those dots for us. And sometimes we just need somebody to stand Ooh. in the gap and kind of say, you know what? I'll figure it out. Yes. I'll connect you. I'll show you how Zanzibar is connected to the Caribbean, is connected to the Americas, you know, and all of that good stuff. We need that. So I, I'm... I'm glad you're doing this work. We need you. Take care. (laughs) Well, you all, thank you all for tuning in to our episode with Miss Christina from Melanin Travels Magic. Please make sure to reach out if you are interested in doing a trip that highlights the Black diaspora. And she got you. She got your back. (laughs) So thank you so much, Christina. See you soon, everyone. All right, y'all. 